0: This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam.
1: Hello. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. Um, and this week, it's not just us three. So we do have a very special guest with us this week. And might I say a very patient, uh, <laughs> relaxed guest who has just spent the past 10 minutes with us as we did this thing at the, for the intro. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Violet, for your patience. So um, we've got the wonderful Violet Pew with us today. Um, so I'm just going to hand straight over to you, Violet. So you can introduce yourself, tell everybody about you, uh, what you do in property and how the hell you ended up on Property Jam.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast so far. So long may continue for the next 40 minutes or so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my name is Violet Pugh and I'm a digital marketing manager for uh, SoResi. And SoResi is the shared ownership brand by Metropolitan Thames Valley Housing. Um, So I've been working in the property space uh, for the last uh, eight years or so. And prior to that, I dabbled a little bit in the world of beauty and fashion fashion PR and before that I used to work in, in retail fashion just during my days at university uh, earning, uh, earning, earning some, some coins while I was studying and trying to pay off my student loan so, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah exactly back in the day and I'm still paying it off years later so, uh, so yeah um, but yeah thanks for having me I'm really delighted to be here.
1: I must say I do wow. really like your background as well
2: oh thanks this is not actually my real house this is my dream house just so you know
1: <laughs> It's very next wow, level it's cool. style.
2: yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of our so resi homes so uh so yeah new builds are really worth it because this is how good they look <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow so tell, yeah so like tell us tell us more about it like what does your job actually entail because it's quite a different angle in property that would be good to explore
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess as a digital marketer manager, I pretty much uh, do kind of what it says on the tin. It's all about kind of managing and looking after the the digital experience for customers. Uh, So looking at our shop window, which is our website, making sure that all our properties are informative and the user experience is as simple as possible and providing as much information for our prospective buyers who are coming to us typically as first time buyers and don't know necessarily very much about shared ownership which is what we specialise in and um and essentially kind of simplifying how we communicate our offering uh, as well as our properties as well. So, so yes, yeah, so the whole kind of customer journey online is pretty much what I, I, I look at. Um, but also uh, there's a lot of my job that's in uh, in relation to uh, managing our social media presence. So we have quite a, a bit of a presence online because uh, we sort of recognize that um, like I guess most brands that are targeting um, kind of much younger consumers, which typically first time buyers, we find us sort of within The 25 to 45 year old bracket Um, spending a lot of time obviously online and social media is one of those places that they go to so as a brand we're always looking at ways for us to um kind of communicate what we offer to our customers and looking at ways of how we can reach our target audience and um, so I spend a lot of time doing 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 that sort of stuff which is really fun and exciting um, and, and quite recently we've been working a lot of with uh, social media influencers as well which is something quite unique and quite different particularly in the shared ownership space because uh, not many brands or housing providers are doing that at the moment anyway it's something that you tend to see kind of a lot in fashion uh, so really pleased about that um, and then I also uh, what else do I do. Oh gosh, it's always you know when you ask for what you do, you forget everything you do, isn't it? It
1: put you on the spot.
2: Yeah, you put me on the spot. Really, I'm trying to. I should have had my my five minute elevator pitch ready. Um, but yeah, I guess alongside um the kind of digital side of things as well, I also um manage a customer service team within Soresi. So they are kind of the first point of contact for any prospective buyers and sellers who are having that interaction with Soresi are needing some support. Really, so. We're really big on customer journey at Soresi, and we have kind of a lot of dedicated teams along um, the whole buying process. So our customer inquiries are kind of typically at the, at the front of that, um, and yeah, they do a really good job. And it's a very kind of fast-paced environment, and definitely customer centricity is kind of at the heart of what we do at Soresi. Oh my really. God,
0: customer centricity! I wasn't ready for that. that yeah, it's like it's even a word. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. I, I made that up. <laughs> All right, here we go. I've got a challenge for you, Violet. I want yes. you to explain. I want you to explain explain shared ownership in one sentence
2: oh part buy part rent and there
0: you go you, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know what actually it's really interesting because obviously we're on the other side of things so it's interesting because t- a lot of people don't That you heard like people have heard of it, but they don't actually know what it is or how it's structured. And I know with shared ownership it can be structured in lots of different ways in terms of percentage ownership, percentage rentage. So there's quite a lot too, isn't there?
2: Yeah, there is.
3: You know what? I've just I've just got it. So Resi is shared ownership
2: yes Yes. (laughs) well done most people don't get it (laughs) i'm actually
3: i'm actually on your website and i think it explains it really nicely yeah Um, three three steps to uh, shared ownership you buy a share of the property on which you'll pay a mortgage on the remaining share you guys own so you make so ready a monthly payment for the rent and then you pay a monthly service charge for upkeep and maintenance so three parts to payments
2: that's right. And, and actually, that's one of the, the things about Cerezi so as a brand in terms of our values. We really try to simplify the whole concept of shared ownership because there is, I guess, some complexity to it in general. Um, lots of people don't necessarily know kind of the ins and outs. There's a lot of jargon surrounding that. So, yeah, we definitely try to sort of simplify that. And that's very much in, in what we do in all our marketing materials. So from brochures to online um, in just, as I say, in terms of all the communication that we we do, we definitely try to make things as simple as possible, really. So I'm, I'm glad you're impressed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a, there's a lot of jargon involved in, in the property industry in general. So someone coming in as a first-time buyer or a complete newbie to investing or whatever if, whatever um, area they're coming into, it is a lot to learn. There's a lot to, to take in. So I guess you've obviously, from what you do, you work at, you've got the marketing side and you've got the customer services side. So yeah. I guess you can see it from both angles. Yes. You've got actual direct contact with customers and how they're, questions they're asking, how they're getting on with the whole process and everything.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I I think actually it's so important for brands to be able to really kind of um, have uh, access to that kind of customer touch point on a regular basis in terms of how they communicate their their, their services. Um, Because I think all too often, you know, we focus on kind of creating really nice, fancy brochures and adverts um, and things that are kind of not necessarily answering the customer's questions or what the customer need is. So for us, it's all about making sure that we're we're utilising any bit of information that we get from our customer service inquiries and making sure that we have data and insight to make sure that our, our brand is telling the right story um, and making sure that we're we're listening to our customers. Because feedback is everything, isn't it, really? It's no point doing something if it's not really kind of going to hit your, your target audience. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, customer service and, and experience is a really big part of what we do.
3: What's the number one question you get asked when people inquire about shared ownership?
2: Oh uh how does it work i think it's probably one that comes up quite often um i think typically yeah. people tend to have a general understanding um but often there's a misconception that you're 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 renting the home rather than actually buying part of it so and people don't necessarily know uh, i guess the the kind of eligibility criteria as well involved in shared ownership so one of the things i'm sure you you know you you, you, you will know is around um, the kind of uh, income cap that's surrounding uh, shared ownership so if you're purchasing a home uh, in London you have to uh, earn a maximum of 90k and if you're living outside London you have to earn a maximum of 80k plus also you can't own a home already so a lot of people sometimes come to us they already own a property Are they're trying to kind of buy another property um, as an investment you know via shared ownership which obviously is not allowed so so yeah I, I would say um, it's it's more just around kind of understanding the concept of how shared ownership works really is what most people tend to ask us, particularly because they're first-time buyers and they've never really had the experience before. Mm. Never
3: bought a home, let alone going into something which is yeah, a bit more complicated. Exactly, yeah
2: exactly, exactly, exactly. I think
3: I think my, my question would be um how do you sell it? Because if you only own half a house or two-thirds of a house or a third of a house, how do you sell it?
2: so uh with shared ownership you're part buying part renting so we as kind of the housing provider or what's kind of known as a landlord we own a portion of that home so when it comes to say you've bought your home with us this year um but actually you know you bought it for 25% share and then next year your circumstances change you might want to move area you've got a new job or whatever the sort of personal circumstances uh, that you have but you haven't uh, necessarily owned outright uh, the 100% of the property during the year that you owned it essentially you have to resell it back to the property to the, um, to the landlord so uh, and that's again one of the criteria of shared ownership you always have to sell it back to the where we have first refusal anyway for the first eight weeks at the moment to sell that property and if we don't sell it for you then you have the opportunity to go to the open market so it's what's known as a resale typically so, um, so we don't only sell new build homes but we also sell resale properties that have been lived in from people who are looking to move on and the circumstances have changed really does that answer your question? So
0: you're selling the share, aren't you? You're selling yeah, that exactly, that person exactly. would be selling their share of ownership either back to yeah. you guys or yeah. to the open market, right? Exactly, and,
1: okay. and does the does that person then benefit from any uplifting Uh, capital appreciation or anything
2: like that? Yeah, they do. But that's also very (coughs) dependent on um, how the uh, current house prices are doing as well. So they can go up or down. So it really just depends. Yeah. So anytime that we're selling a property, we always have to get an up-to-date kind of valuation from a a RICS qualified surveyor. So it's always dependent on whether and how the property market is doing, which can be, you know, go up or down at any time. So it's hard to predict, but one would always hope, obviously, that they do do get a bit of um, um, appreciation from it.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. Awesome. Oh,
3: makes sense. So, uh, a question that we always ask our guests when they come on to podcast is, uh, "What does the human side property mean to them?" I think you have kind of dived into this in a bit of detail, but um, already, but what would you say if you were to sum that up?
2: Um, I guess thinking with my uh, sort of marketing hat on, um, I would say that, um, you know, property brands, as I said earlier, and and housing providers do a really good job of creating kind of stunning websites and, and, and collateral and and adverts to kind of drum up interest for properties, but I think uh, all too often uh, emotions are forgotten about, and by that I mean, you know, kind of people buy into uh, or are influenced into decision making through emotions. So there's a real big difference between um, uh, uh, listing facts about a property versus kind of a, an emotional driven and story telling style of of marketing to potential customers. So I think. Um, the human side for me is about yes, presenting the facts, but she's also how do you kind of tap into the emotions of your potential customers, and you can do that by by small things. There's often kind of uh, uh, like language is is a really good example, um, and and I and I see this a lot, particularly in housing, where we tend to refer to our, our properties as, as plots and, and units rather than the word home, which is much more cozy and warm and emotive and it feels like it's just a, a much nicer kind of way of expressing you know the, the 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 investment that somebody's about to get into so I think that's definitely something um that that needs to be kind of considered um in terms of how uh, as I say brands kind of communicate uh what they offer um from a more kind of human side of things as well um and I'll say two things if I may I think that trust as well is a really important one so kind of going back to obviously my customer service days that I talked about back in retail you know it's all about kind of building trust with your customer so um, how do you do that you've got to be really transparent and you've got to be really honest about what you're offering and I think that's so important particularly when it comes to shared ownership as I said there's there's so much to it it's stressful enough as it is obviously when you're buying a home anyway but when you sort of add in shared ownership and and help to buy and you know all these kind of uh, government initiatives which have some complexities to it um, I think it's really important to be transparent and honest about kind of what people getting into right at the start so so yeah so again it comes down to language um, um I think one of the other things that we do really well at Soresi is uh kind of word of mouth marketing uh so we have kind of trust pilot reviews which are really brilliant and we use that a lot in in our marketing so you know don't just take our word for it but check out kind of what our other customers are saying about that and that really brings in that whole emotion and that you know authenticity and trust as I said from from other people as well so so yeah they're the two things I would say are really important particularly for from my point of view
0: Mm, yeah it's the emotional side of property both sides really when you're on the development side or the provision I guess the supply side and the demand side as well from the end user it's a big it's a big thing housing is a very emotional thing because like you say it's a home it's a roof that you're either providing over somebody's head or that they are buying for their own to go over their own head. It's emotional. It's a home.
2: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You know, a home is like a stepping stone, isn't it? For Kind of setting you up for success for future of other things in the future. So I think it's important that we kind of, you know, definitely um, uh, uh, treated that way because it's, you know, for, mo- for most people that we have as customers, their first time buyers, it's probably one of the most, you know, uh, biggest decisions that they'll ever make in their lives or biggest purchase they'll ever make in their lives. So it's so important that we are um, uh, on that journey with them in a way that kind of resonates with them, that's real and authentic and people buy from people ultimately. So it's not just a product, it's not just a property or a plot. I say so so yeah I, I completely agree mm-hmm. so so
3: when, when you're thinking about the home obviously because that the the occupants um don't own all of the home how much can they make it their own how much can they uh, redecorate um kind of remodel internally that how much are they uh, you know able to do
2: yeah that's a really great question because uh again you, you know your question earlier about what comes up uh, from customers typically it, that's what that that's one that definitely comes up quite often um because with new build homes obviously uh, particularly when you're uh, uh, purchasing via shared ownership there are some restrictions that are surrounded around what you can do typically so you can make sort of small cosmetic changes like you know a splash of liquor paint um but you couldn't do kind of you know structural changes to that particular property like you know remove the kitchen and and do a complete refurb Um, so for for some people that works and for some people that doesn't work but typically what's nice about when you um uh, go into a uh, obviously buying a new build home there's lots it's a a newly built so the specification is really high um and you lots you have lots of uh, um kind of uh, uh, additional features that come with it that you wouldn't necessarily kind of otherwise get when you're purchasing a a period property so things like dishwasher and washing machine and all those sorts of things it's energy efficient so I I, I personally would always advocate for um, a a new build home because I think that it gives you that opportunity to not necessarily spend money sometimes on some of those additional things that you might do in a period home like doing structural changes but there are some limitations and that can vary as well from lease to lease and from housing provider to housing provider provider but generally speaking you can make small cosmetic changes but anything other than that you'd have to um seek permission from the housing provider but almost always you can't really do any any massive structural changes
0: yeah that makes sense
2: yeah,
0: yeah. um yeah also because uh, so that the kind of housing that you provide is it sort of standalone is it on like a housing estate new build or is it normally units within like a block is it more that kind of housing if it's urban
2: so, yeah, so it's, you typically it's like an estate, I guess, is the the, the word. Right. Um, yeah, so you'd have like a, an estate or a, a block of of flats. Um, oh, so it is like, flats. It's yeah. predominantly flats, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. flats. Yeah, but we do sometimes uh, get, uh, get, get get houses as well. I mean, if, right. to, to be fair, quite, yeah, quite
3: a few houses on your website. I've been, yeah, kind of scary, there are mm. quite a few houses. So, yeah, we, um, I was thinking because we with with that kind of investor head on. You know, if if, mm. if someone did say, okay um i own 60% of this house maybe i maybe i would want to do an extension to increase the value so that i can make so i don't know it obviously depends on 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 the numbers but um yeah it it's quite interesting to see that it it does do houses as well as flats
2: Mm. yeah we we definitely do both um I think we do do a a big chunk of flats but we do have some houses that come up and which tend to kind of go really quickly because most people typically want a house because it's bigger and you know you have all the other extra things that you might not necessarily get in a a, a block of flats um and uh yeah and and I guess what's nice as well sometimes about house is that you can potentially own the freehold as well if you do end up owning the property 100% outright which obviously is quite different when you're when you're um uh you know living in in a in a flat for example so so, so, yeah,
3: it's... Uh... Can, you, can you actually buy, um, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, I suppose, you guys out then? Is there a way to kind of pay more than the the rent? How, yeah, how does that work? Can you buy yeah. it?
2: That, so, so that's what's known as, uh, as staircasing, typically. Um, and we, I mean, we are so busy with our language because we like to simplify things. We call it yeah. buy more shares because actually sometimes people get confused about staircasing. They literally think it's climbing upstairs, Was which is kind, cool? Stair- kind of you. Stair- staircasing? staircasing, yeah. Oh, staircasing. <laughs> staircasing, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so what that does is enables you to uh, purchase uh, chunks of um, equity as and when you can afford to. So typically it's a minimum uh, of um, 5% uh, percent chunks um which you can then increase up to 100 percent ownership as and when you you, you you're, you're able to do so so I, I guess the the idea for for people is that um because almost always people have that aspiration of wanting to own mm. the house outright but it just comes down to affordability so staircasing gives the people the opportunity to do that um as and when they're able to depending on the circumstances yeah okay.
3: yeah that's really interesting
0: hmm. Cool. It's the first time we've talked <laughs> about shared ownership on the podcast, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's a
1: whole new, it's whole new ball game for us. Yeah, mm. interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, go on now. Sorry, we're going to probably <laughs> to the same I think, thing. I think we're probably going to say the same thing. Um, so, have you come prepared with a question for us?
2: Uh, I do have a question for you. Um, so I, uh, I'm i a Londoner, as you can probably tell from my, from my rather London accent, and I've been living in London for about 20 odd years. Um, and I love London because um, one of the reasons I love London is the buildings, the beautiful architecture that we have and all the landmarks. Um, I do think, even though I haven't traveled the whole of the world, obviously, but I do think we have kind of some of the most beautiful architecture definitely in the world. So the question is, if you had the opportunity to live in um maybe less broadly outside London as well so we say across all of England if you had the opportunity to live in a landmark building um for six months which one would it be and why wow <laughs> wow yeah
3: landmark building
1: and it can be anyone
2: anyone? Yeah, think... yeah, not think... not not necessarily London. Are
3: we choosing for ourselves, or for, for, for uh, like? Could I choose for Nile, for example?
2: Oh wow, that could, oh, be, more, my... that could be more interesting.
1: <laughs> 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 I'll end up on the Tower of London or
2: something. Oh, exactly. <laughs>
3: my mind. You're reading my mind. <laughs>
0: <sighs> um.
3: Well, okay. I'm, I'm starting to think of landmarks now.
0: I'm I'm in London I think that's where my head's gone to because it's um yeah I, I just think I would probably go something like the Sky Garden you know like I would want to be high up so I have those incredible panoramic views of not just the city but especially the river so 20 Fenchurch Street is my answer and I'd be surrounded by foliage and you know it'd be like being outside but inside so like Gosh. that would be really really cool
1: to do yoga up there as well so you know you can get that into
0: well I mean obviously that was the first thing I thought of Noel,
1: obviously yeah. <laughs> like,
0: where can I do yoga up high like, where can I I know
1: but <laughs> well, you know you know it, it just all fits with the full age and the zen atmosphere of it does
0: doesn't it yeah and you get a nice charcuterie board as well while you're up there and then and old fashioned, yeah, I'll be well happy in a glass. Of wine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think, I think because I don't, I don't live by the river anymore, and I missed it. And um, I live on a ground floor flat, and it's like I'd like the complete opposite of that. <laughs> like, you know, um, something that's really glass. You know, floor to ceiling, that I can just appreciate amazing views of London. Like, and I agree with you best city in the world you know I walked across Waterloo Bridge yesterday it's my favorite bridge number one built built by women which is why it's one of the best bridges in the world um it's self-cleaning because we're smart when we built it Um, and it's uh, how how does the bridge
3: clean itself does it have like arms
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's exactly it like once a day it just like arms come out and it just gives itself a scrub that's exactly it yeah I actually don't know but it's um it has got self-cleaning technology that was developed whenever women decided to just put their thinking hats on and create such incredible engineering um for
3: our houses and like windows and stuff why, why do we just stop at one bridge I don't understand I
0: agree I mean the bridge isn't you know, the most attractive bridge but it is the best bridge in London because you get an equal view of Westminster mm. and the city yeah. and you're right on that curve of the river and it's the best bridge because and I just walked across it yesterday and glorious sunshine and exactly what you just said it is just we are blessed with architecture we are blessed with views there is no other city like london as far as i'm concerned and i've traveled a lot so yeah i would be right in the heart of it that's where i'd be boys what about you
1: interesting i would actually like to live on a a large estate like a like downtown abbey in that type of uh Ooh.
0: yeah
1: oh. i want to be lord of the manor
0: how very posh <laughs> or oh, lady maybe lady of the manor well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> lord nile <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that that's, would be, that's right yeah. on my street i'd be quite happy I'm, I'm a country boy i grew up in the countryside oh nice um so having the having all that all those uh an estate that size uh just living in grandeur would be perfect for me I'll have my butlers and
3: everything. Yeah. Well, I think I think um, that's what I would have generally. So that that would be the norm. So this is only for six months, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So we need to, maybe something a little little bit um, more more extreme. Um, I have to be honest. I had to Google just now um, UK landmarks to kind of get me, get yeah. me the, the juices flowing. Um, but in that it is it is um, I've landed on Edinburgh Castle.
2: Oh, nice choice! Oh, very so, nice.
3: Uh, we're talking about views, uh, you know, big views over the, over the city and, um, and and all of that area in Lothian. Um, and obviously, it's, it's where I went to uni, so it's a, a home away from home. Love Edinburgh um, and the ability to just, I suppose, roll out of. I'm sure there are some nice bedrooms in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> that, I'm sure it's just not a cold <laughs> a, a cold um, building.
1: Bring a sleeping bag, just in case. Just, just,
3: just, yeah, pretty much, yeah, camping on the the Royal Mile. Um, Or from there in August, you'd be woken up um, every night by the cannons going off in uh, in the festival. So, yeah, but just kind of roll out, walk down Royal Mile, um, you know, sample some whiskey from every, uh, you know, bar on the way down um, and uh, neeps and tatties and haggis and kebabs and deep fried Mars bars and... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so it's basically Edinburgh yeah, you want to be. It doesn't necessarily matter.
2: What... Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are.
3: <laughs> no, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Castle, I think, is, is, is quite cool.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh,
3: yes, I had my graduation dinner in Edinburgh Castle, which was quite cool. Oh, oh. nice! Nice. Uh,
0: there we go. Nice. Um, uh, yeah.
3: I did, I did a, a couple of jobs there um, during the festival, so uh, I, got, I got to see an amazing view over uh, over the whole of Edinburgh because I was up right on the lighting rig for the for the Royal Tattoo, Royal Military Tattoo, and, and um, putting lights up and taking them down. Um, so uh, yeah, it was amazing. It's a very very long way down though, especially when you're <laughs> on the edge and you look down. He's like okay, that's. that's <laughs> I'm yeah. on a scaffold. I'm on a scaffolding, probably about you know fifty meters up from the <laughs> from
1: oh. in, in the area,
3: and then straight
1: down, straight down the cliff. Yeah, you, I you think I would die of a heart attack. Never mind falling off the scaffolding. <laughs>
2: yeah, anyway. Oh, I do, I do love Edinburgh. I went there a few years ago, um, and I one of my favourite restaurants was the Witchery. I don't know if you know the Witchery, which is absolutely right. gorgeous, um, and a place called the Whiskey Society. I was dating a Scottish guy at the time, who was really into his whisky, so he had membership to the Whiskey Society. I mean, it was oh. it was fabulous. I, I didn't like whisky, uh, but I walked out liking whisky. So, uh, so yeah, Edinburgh <laughs> is definitely a good choice. Whisky, <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's <Unbelievable>. great. <laughs> and what about you?
1: Where, where would you where would you go?
2: Oh gosh, I, do you know what? It's a really hard one, but what immediately yeah, comes to mind... us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I'm going to say Harrods. Um, oh, oh, yes! Yeah. I'll tell, I tell you why, because I think a department store is perfect because I've got food, I don't have to worry about leaving ever. I've got my shopping, all my fashion is there. Um, I've got my grooming, everything is there. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful building um, right in the heart of, I think, the, the the center of kind of what feels like a a, a a gorgeous part of London um and you have really beautiful views of lots of you know grandeur around you with the other buildings that are surrounding it so and I used to work in Harrods and I used to get lost a lot during my lunch break just wandering around going to all sorts yes. of different parts of the building it's it's massive it's huge yes. um but it's got so much history um mm. I think it's a very very beautiful building I love food and fashion so for me that feels like that's where I would like to spend my six months as well. And I think oh. also they have a pet parlor if I remember correctly. I'm not sure they if it's do. still there. Um yeah. I love dogs. So for me that probably would be quite a good good place to spend my downtime petting petting some some animals. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it would probably
1: take it would probably take you six months to find your way it, out of that place.
2: Is there
3: anyone else in there with you or is it just you? In the um,
2: I think were, do you know what? I, I wouldn't mind a bit of away time, you know. I mean I, I like being around people, but I do like my, my alone time. So so yeah, I mean there's lots of entertainment. I mean I wouldn't necessarily need to be around people, I don't think. So yeah, why not? I'm gonna be selfish and call out and just say I'm gonna be all on my own. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> but the staff have to have to turn up every day.
2: Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: If we oh. Harrods closing down for six months for refurbishment, we know what's happening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Although, exactly. can
0: we can we come in and do a site visit? Because I would like to get lost in the food hall with you and why just not? be like, oh,
2: do you know not? what? That
0: food hall at Christmas, oh my it's like my favorite time in Harrods. It's just to be in that food hall smelling all those amazing smells, all the meats, all the cheeses. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, that makes me happy. Yeah, that, I love that choice. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great question. Understood. Yeah, I love that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Oh,
0: actually, so, a bit roulette.
1: I think so. I think Matt's preparing yeah. himself. It looks like he's psyching himself up for it. He's
0: got his concentration face on, isn't he? Look.
3: <laughs> so, so, so my daughter has learnt, um, to the concentration face. So whenever she's attempting to, I don't know, open a packet of crisps, which she can't do, she'll go like this.
0: Mm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's a very stressful business opening a packet of chips. I do.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: I relate. Yeah, I relate. <laughs> well.
3: So, um, so episode roulette for those uh, listeners who are new to the podcast. This is where we're going to scroll through our previous episodes of Property Jam, and uh, when I'm scrolling, uh, I'm going to ask Violet to say stop, and I'm going to read out the episode title and ask Violet her opinion on that particular um, topic that we spoke about. Uh, so, I am now scrolling. So, say stop whenever you like. Stop. Oh, okay, interesting. So, episode nineteen
2: property wellness oh. what do we mean by
3: that what do we mean so there's there's a, a, okay so i think that that particular episode you were talking about does your health matter when it comes to uh, investing in property um oh, i think we were talking about health in, in general uh, it could also be talking about well yeah you know, well-being within properties so uh, which may be more relevant for this yes. particular uh, um yeah uh, you know, topic
0: yeah, customer well-being within the home customer is well-being. probably where
2: it's yeah. yeah, yeah, Okay. Um. So, so, so the question is, what's the the human aspect of well-being in yeah, property for me? Yeah, for you.
3: So what first comes into your mind when we talk about property wellness, customer wellness?
2: Um. I think it kind of goes back to my point earlier, just around kind of how stressful buying a home can be. So actually, yeah. it's really important that. Um. I guess as brands or housing providers, developers, whatever we want to call ourselves, that we are doing our very best to always kind of put the customer at the heart of what we're doing, um, and handholding is a really big part of that. So um, thinking again with my kind of customer service, customer experience um, hat on, I think you know you you want people to sort of have the best experience. Um, kind of when they're buying their home and for not to be stressful so you know take that stress away from them um, rather than adding into adding to it so a big part of that is all about kind of making sure that you're explaining the process um and you know taking away the jargon that I talked about as well from marketing and, and, and branding point of view um, but also I think it's all about kind of that kind of honesty as well and transparency I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit I'm, I'm running out of material but it really is just reminds me of that actually because I think it's it's all part of, of that experience um in, in sort of making it a very positive one for people rather than making it stressful because uh, yeah I think you know it's already stressful enough as it is because there's so much to it so I think we, we kind of have a duty I guess um in order to make that as easy and, and as, as as pleasurable as possible for people. Does that Thank answer you. the question? I think I, it does. I mean, I really <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah Ma- I really Max, do. Like, give me this look like, yeah, all right, that'll do. Why
3: it's whatever, your, it's your, your gonna... answer to the, to, to the question. So...
0: You can't get that one wrong. Matt makes a good point. It's yeah. your answer. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, if, if
3: you could say anything and, and you, would, you would get marks. Like. Um, <laughs>
2: On well, um, exam you can't. Example. Example. Yeah, I mean, I guess another thing I could add maybe is like you know it's always nice when you're obviously buying a home and you have like all those on-site um, amenities like a gym and yoga. um, which I think I yoga, quite, yeah, that's, it, that's <laughs> back to, <the> yoga. <laughs> back to the yoga, um, so yeah, which always quite nice as well. I think for people, especially, I think, um, you know, more and more, I guess it, it sort of nowadays in the last two years of COVID and, in all of that, you know, well being for people is really important and having that space to kind of, escape um away from working from home. Um, and your home is your sanctuary, isn't it really? So I guess if you're buying a home, um actually new build properties tend to have a lot of those um additional amenities like a gym and, and wellness yoga centers as well.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna lie, I used to live I used to live in a new build and um had a concierge which was amazing because it intercepted all my posts when I wasn't in you know I had a gym and it was just it I, in terms of convenience there is no doubt about it it really really suited like my lifestyle <laughs> you know saying was right underneath it was yeah. just like perfect I mean uh, from our side um new builds as an investor yeah. they, they don't make the most financial sense because mm. it goes back to what we were talking about you can't add Value to Mm. them in terms of structural changes is what we love fiddling around with properties, Mm. but in terms of the home element or the provision or the building of it, Mm. yeah, they are that luxury end product for especially your first-time buyer, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Whether when you're buying a your your home as opposed to an investment property, you've got a different head on your shoulders at that point. Completely different
0: heads. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. Completely uh, different.
1: Although, in saying that whilst i've been looking for a property to buy as uh as a home rather than an investment it's very difficult to switch that investment part off
3: yeah it's so true switch
1: it off entirely i could build an extension here i could do a loft conversion There's just like i don't know
0: (laughs) But it's true. When I bought my first sort of home, my first sort of residential home, because um, I, I was living in a new build at the time when when I bought, and yeah, it, it, I, I just knew I couldn't switch it off. I had all that, you know. Can I extend? What can I add? And you know, you do. You know, what's what's happening in the area? You know, am I going to ride on the back of that capital wave? So you do. You go into investor mode. But you know, that's just us because we're in that industry, I suppose. So yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. cool. I think we've got time for one quick fire. So I'm scrolling again. Um, so say so stop whenever you're ready.
2: Stop. I feel like I'm really shit at this game. So, oh, excuse me. I just no, swear. No, you're great. Was... <laughs> oh, don't worry. You're my <laughs> friend, babe. It's normally me. I'm normally the one with the power Oh just... I'm, quite saw... surprised
1: we've got to, I'm quite surprised we've got to this point in the uh, recording before someone swore. So you're okay. I oh, know.
2: Oh my goodness! Very rare. <laughs> very rare. We've <laughs>
0: been very well behaved, Violet. You've no idea. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> right, what is it, Matt? Where are we at? Um,
3: so, actually, um, when episode sixteen, back to work blues.
0: Oh! Oh, oh January. Yeah, it had been hard um, going back to work in January.
3: <laughs> yeah. So this was back in the January 2020. Uh, this particular oh. episode. Before Uh, the world went mad. (laughs) Before the world went mad, Um, Mm. so we were just going, "Mm, yeah, back to work. Blues. This was at the beginning. Was it the beginning of the pandemic? No, that was twenty twenty. Yeah, it was twenty twenty. No, that
0: was twenty twenty. Yeah, March twenty third, we went into lockdown, didn't we? Yeah, on March twenty fourth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Midnight on
0: the twenty third, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Niall, I forgot the (laughs) time. (laughs) Yes, it was midnight.
3: I rem I remember it. I remember it well. Where were you <laughs> good? Night, 23rd, 23rd. My ni- 23rd
1: is my niece's birthday. That's why I remember uh,
0: it. George- isn't it St. George's Day as well? Is it? No. Yeah, it's so. So.
1: <laughs> um, so
3: moving on, back to the question. <laughs> Why, that You seem like someone who absolutely loves her job. So I imagine you probably didn't get back to work blues. But uh, you know, it, it, how was January for you? Because we're now uh, in February. So uh, h- how was January? Was it a month you were just like, oh, I'm so glad it's over. Or was it a month where you're just like, yes, I've hit 2022 <laughs> running?
2: You know, I I always get really kind of melancholic at New Year New Year's start of a new year, um because I kind of I'm one of those people that kind of starts making a little list of all the goals that I set myself the year before and actually probably only achieved about two out of the, a list of ten. So I always find it kind of slightly uh, a, a little bit of a depressing time. Um, yeah. but with that, which, which which I know is kind of. Yeah, I, I, you probably thought I was going to say something really optimistic, but... is um, <laughs> honest. I like it. But at the same time, um, I was really looking forward to January actually this year because... Um, uh, it, it meant that I could go back into the office because we've been working from home since yeah. December. So, and I like being in the office and around the team. And I think particularly when you're working in a marketing kind of environment, you know, you want to be together and be creative and collaborate. It's just, just so much easier, isn't it really? So, um, and we have a beautiful office in Farringdon. So, uh, so yeah, so I I was looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, that's probably kind of what kind of got me got me going this January blues and been listening to lots of podcasts as well, including yours, obviously. course. Um, oh, um, so
1: we'll we'll that, cheer you up. We'll yeah. cheer
2: you up. Um, which was really nice as well. So I find podcasts are really really good. Just to kind of sometimes when you have a bit of a down day, you just want to get a bit of a yeah, bit of a lift. A, a lift. Um, mm. So yeah, so so yeah, that that's kind of I, I yeah got got the January blues, but there was there's some positives out of it as well.
0: I think that's really honest because I think far too many people just go, oh, yeah, no, I know I fell into 2022 and it was just amazing. I've got all my goals set and it's all like bollocks, absolute bollocks. Like, you know, especially when it's dark and it's grey and you're probably doing dry January and, you know, but you've still got a bit of like Christmas meat going on and you feel a bit, you know, not in yourself. And I just think most people generally, you know, not to mention a pandemic still going on somewhere in the background, albeit now a uh, lesser scale, it's hard you know it's hard and it's okay to say that you know you can feel a bit blue in that first sort of dreary month and then the year just oil and you know the cogs and you get into it don't you so yeah yeah, good on you
2: yeah I think yeah. also you know you come back from like you know Christmas having spent too much money a <laughs> month is long until you get that next paycheck as well I mean I know I was doing a lot of shopping online <laughs> in yeah, December same. on things, things mm. that I didn't need so so yeah there's that also added element as well which is always a bit of oh, a bit of a worry for, for people in January so um, and you
0: know as well the pay packet the January the end yeah. of January pay packet is so funny because everyone's silent for about four weeks and then everyone gets paid all of a sudden they're like do you want to go for a drink? You know? <laughs> That's exactly what's happened everyone's just been paid they're all saying do you want to go and be sensible again yeah, so yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah amazing and just well to well clarify uh st george's day is the 23rd of april not the 23rd of march
0: i do it was 23rd or something there you go see yeah yeah well it's 17th Thank of march you. isn't it? it's paddy's day that's what i was thinking of yeah
1: st patrick's 17th yeah, mm, yeah.
0: there you yeah. go so
1: there we go. and then, uh, for any other saint information you need, um, or <laughs> actually, we're recording this on the first of February, and today Saint Bridget's Day. And <laughs>
2: and it's it's Lunar Year as well, Chinese New Year, the Year of the Tiger today.
1: The Year of the
3: Tiger today. Yeah. Yeah. the Tiger.
0: So wow. Okay. Oh.
3: With, with with that in mind, and, and with a uh, you know a, a roar uh, for the <laughs> New Year, um, let's let's wrap us up. So uh, thank you very much, Violet, for being with us. Um, and so, uh, anyone wants to go and find out more about um, So Resi, I believe you're so resi.co.uk Is that correct?
2: That's correct, and we're also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and coming very soon to TikTok.
1: Oh, really?
2: yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I often get lost in, in a TikTok hole for hours on end. TikTok toe? That's that's <laughs> so, so And a tick TikTok hole for hours, not TikTok toe. <laughs> Uh, on that note, I would say it's a goodbye from me.
0: It's a goodbye from me. <laughs> it's a tic
1: tac toe goodbye from me.
0: So, it's a goodbye from me.
3: <laughs> Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast
0: or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast
1: or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see you you on on the next next episode.
0: episode